America's heartland, Des Moines, Iowa. And if you value what we do, you know we could use your support. You can visit the donations page on the Fallon Forum website. And if you run a small business, we'd love to have you join us as a sponsor. Thanks to our sponsors, including Gateway Marketing Cafe. That's Des Moines' locally owned grocery and specialty food store. Uh, Gateway's Cafe is open from Monday through Friday. Uh, sorry, seven days a week, every day of the week, uh, for carry-out, delivery, dining service, and they've also got a great floral and catering service as well. That's Gateway Marketing Cafe. Thanks also to Groovy Goods. That's Des Moines' one-stop hippie shop, where everyone is welcome and no one is judged. Groovy Goods is a tribe brought together by peace, love, and rock and roll. You can learn more at groovy-goods.com or just by stopping in at 23rd University in Des Moines. Today we are discussing that question that everyone wants to talk about over Thanksgiving dinner with your weird uncle. Well, not really. <laughs> How does God, in quotes, fit into the mess we've created? And joining me in the studio for this conversation is Mark Klipsham. Mark's an architect, a DJ, and a deep thinker. Sometimes. Uh, and sometimes your deep thinking gets you in trouble, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, <laughs> join the club. So um, maybe that'll happen today. I don't know. We'll see. But we're going to dig into religion and politics. Again, two topics that most intelligent people try to avoid. But no, not me, not Mark. Mark, welcome to the program. Yeah, we're going to leave the sex part out. It's religion and politics. <laughs> That's right. Religion today. and okay. politics. That's it. <laughs> okay. So the, I, I want to you, you, uh, you quoted, you said something to me this week that I was intrigued by. And that is, I'll quote, the only way science, physics, and the law of thermodynamics make sense is if, it, if, if it's as the Bible describes. That's, a, that's an interesting take on both Christian scripture or Hebrew and Christian scripture and science. Can you explain yourself, Mark? And, and I have been puzzled about this. My life quest is to know and understand, maybe as opposed to believe. So that really got my attention. The Bible says the universe was created out of nothing by God. Okay. Uh, just so happens physics says matter and energy cannot be created nor destroyed. So the logical conclusion to that, the only way physics thermodynamics works is if the sum total of the universe equals zero, which is what the Bible said it was created from. But the Bible also talks has these creation stories, actually two different creation stories involving humans in one case and not, not humans in another case. So how do you reconcile that with the bigger theory of of birth out of nothingness. And, and we'll get to what this has to do with I'm politics. I'm not, not <laughs> sure how to hook that up to the people part. People were sixth or seventh day, but, but the, 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 okay, the Big Bang would be related to God created the universe out of nothing and then uh, light and dark and proceeded as an additive nature, which is how the universe formed according to the Big Bang, too. But the right. bigger point here is there's common ground and there's universal thought. I don't know how they came to that conclusion from a, uh, call it a religious standpoint, when the concept is based in pure science. It, that's mind-blowing to me. There's there's this commonality that we can agree on. The universe is created out of nothing. Hey, yeah. now, who would have thought? Now, okay, so you're, you're suggesting that uh, Judeo-Christian traditions and science agree but there are, uh, I mean, the, the, the diversity of religious thought in the U.S. is huge, and globally it's even bigger, of course. But I, I want to I suggest this. I think the, um, America does have a universal religion, uh, and that's money. <laughs> and I, I, I have trouble with that, but I think it'd be good for us to, uh, 
talk a little bit with, uh, with someone about, um, about that. And again, folks, if you'd like to join this conversation, if you want to weigh in on your worldview, your, your concept of, uh, of, of how pol politics and religion interface, we'd love to hear from you. Again, the way to do this is to text us at 515-519-6323. Kathy will call you back and bring you into the program. At this point, I would like to welcome to the uh, program Iselfi Taylor. He is the uh, president of Taylor Insurance and Financial Services. Um, so maybe you've got a take on this, uh, Iselfi, both from the money point of view and the political point of view, political slash spiritual point of view. Welcome to the program. Hello, sir. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, in the U.S., money tends to make the world go round. And um, I think my guests would uh, argue that that's probably uh, unfortunate because um, we, when, you get when you get caught up with money, you kind of avoid the deeper meanings of life. And that may be, I don't know how tied in with your wheelhouse that is, Yusufi, uh, but uh, take it from there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, I mean, money... Money can't buy happiness, right? They say money can't buy happiness, but it could buy everything else, right? So, so it is certainly something that we need. But I think when people can recognize that money is simply a tool, right? It's a tool. It's not something that 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 makes us or defines us, but it's a tool. Then I think I think as 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 a nation, right, we'll, we'll be far, you know, be far better off. I think un, un, unfortunately, what what we've seen is a a great division, you know. Uh, between the haves and the have-nots, and that gap seems to only be growing by the day, and 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 it's and it's and it's and it's tough, right? It's a it's a tough tough time to uh, to be in, and 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 I think all you know by by nature, I feel, I feel like I'm a business owner, I'm a capitalist, you know, I I, I want to grow, I want I want to achieve, but at the same time, we can't lose sight of those who might need a, a helping hand or, or a boost as well, and and, uh, and and act accordingly. So it's it's not a not a not an easy challenge to, to, to overcome by means. Mark, you want to respond? I, I was going to, if I could interject, <clears throat> I've been reading the Bibles. I'm almost 63 years old. Why am I doing this? Mm -hmm. Because I was ignorant and I had strong opinions about them. I want to understand and know rather than believe, and I think there's a huge difference. One of the sayings was, but woe to you that are rich, for you have received your consolation. In other words, money is second prize. Uh, knowledge and understanding, love, uh, integrating with fellow people—that's <clears throat> that's the big one. And we've 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 undone ourselves. We've replaced the really good stuff with the second class stuff. It's a distraction. It's not the goal. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the, the happiness quotient, right? And I think when it came out, I think the number was somewhere around seventy-three thousand dollars a year of income. And if you if you index for inflation today, it's just south of a hundred thousand dollars. But it said at that level, right? You know, if you're making at least that much money per year, right? Making more money doesn't make you any happier. Right? Because at that level, you can afford food, clothing, shelter, transportation and the like and so you know if you're a miserable nasty person and i gave you 10 million dollars <laughs> you would just be a miserable nasty person with 10 million dollars right you, you, so you, we you, can you, get away from right it's the money that's going to change me or make me happy like that's you know that's that's a lost lost cause you're not winning that right it's it's our person it's you know i, I even went so far as i have a whole reality series and an app that i created called mind body money 
because we must capture, we must achieve success in that order. Our mindset, our spirit has to be right, our body, health, and wellness, and then money. And money's last on the totem pole. Yeah, so that's uh, to, for most people. I think it would be way bad, way less, because um, most people are still struggling with uh, physical well-being, uh, with um, uh, mental mental well-being, uh, mm-hmm. and so how do you? And for me, my, my perception is over the years is that money. I, I like you. I like what you had to say about you. You give you give a miserable person ten million bucks, they're still going to be a miserable person. Um, but uh, they're, they're actually, they'll probably be more miserable or be able to inflict more misery on other people. But but you've got. Um, I, I, I mean, isn't it again back to your back to the Bible, Mark? You know where there are there are plenty of places throughout Scripture through across the political across the spiritual spectrum. Sorry. Where it says, you know, money cannot money cannot buy happiness. Money cannot solve problem. It is easier for a rich man to go through the eye of the needle, than, or, or, or uh, it is harder for a rich man to get into heaven than it is for a camel to go through the eye of the needle. Exactly. How do we how do you, how do we reconcile all that, Yusuli? And if I could add, okay, it, it's like we, it's like say in religion, there's always the baby and there's always the bathwater, and it sure seems like we threw the baby out so we could wallow in the bathwater. All the excess is, in essence, fat. Fat is pollution. Uh, fertilizer, too much fertilizer, and you have algae blooms, and it kills everything. <laughs> That's the lesson. It's not healthy. It is simply not healthy. Uh, you remember, and I'll wrap it up, the 60s. Remember those misguided hippies? What did they want to do? They wanted to sit around, play with their kids, grow organic food in their earth ships. I, they were so off base. I mean, now we've got this wonderful paradise of cathos and dead zones in the Gulf and nuclear wars. And, and, oh, God. Well, we don't thank, have nuclear wars. We yeah. Well, yeah. that'll be next week for so sure. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it's a good, great question. How do you how do you um, balance uh, financial security and the natural human interest in accumulating at least a modest amount of wealth with spiritual and physical well being? Yeah, I think, again, it's, it's about the balance, I find, is, as, a, as a whole, we typically are unequally yoked, right? And I, and I think I have a unique perspective, 22 years as a financial advisor, but also as an athlete and fitness professional and entrepreneur, I'm around such just a wide variety, eclectic group of people. And, and, and it's interesting, I find that the ultra high net worth person can be, be, be miserable and, and, and be upset. And you're thinking, geez, I went to go visit a client. Um, this, this, the super high rise, high rise, high price condos in, in uh, Century City in Los Angeles. And he's like, hey, did you hear what happened here at this, uh, this complex a couple weeks ago? And I'm like, no. And he goes, a billionaire jumped off the roof and killed himself. Right? And when you think about it, you're like, geez, what, what within reason could that person have not purchased except for, <laughs> right? It's his mind and, and it was his spirit and, and, and happiness, right? We, all the earthly possessions he could have gotten, you know, quite easily, but there was something missing, right? And so, so money is important, but you can't lose sight of that. Now, on the flip side, right, mm-hmm. to be fair, yeah. I teach yoga, I practice yoga every day, and you get the spiritual gurus that are like, shed yourself of all these earthly possessions, and it's like, okay, that's great, and I hear what you're saying, but how do you pay your bills? I'm just curious, right? So, there's a, 
there's a, there's a balance between yes, I want to you know make money and, and have wealth to, to to maintain and to take care of myself and my family, but I can't make that be that be that be end all. And so that's the balance, you know, that's the balance between again mind, body, and money, and saying okay, my mind's right, my spirit's right, I'm healthy. Nobody was ever on their deathbed saying I wish I had more money. I got stage four cancer. I wish my IRA was bigger. Right? Like at that point, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't really matter. You, 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 your health is everything, and then. Uh, and then, and then the money. I believe well, that. That's really that good. I, 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 yes. I, I wish more. I wish more people who, uh, I wish more wealthy people would. Oh, I don't wish they would jump up buildings. I wish they would do more things with their money that uh, helped more people. I mean, you know, I mean, we do have billionaires and millionaires who are generous. But my question is, why should anybody be a billionaire? I mean, why, mm. why, why is that even a good thing, Mark? Well, I was going to do a tangential thing because I was thinking about it. I was like, you can build affordable housing and make money from it. It doesn't make money as fast. But once again, what are you here for? And that's my dream is to build affordable housing developments and then fold the money back into it. That's my gold. Seeing happy people in a community that's complete and live and vibrant. That's that's my my manna from heaven, if you will. I, right. Yeah, I. Yeah, yeah I mean, there, there's I, I the balance. My, my my take on it, I don't know that it's different, but I think it's okay to be have millionaires. I think it's okay to be billionaires. <laughs> That's not the problem. It's not the money. And even that biblical term, right? It's it's easier for 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 a, a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than a rich man to enter to the gates of heaven. Even that, it's not that a rich person or successful person can't do heaven. The the problem is, right? Is that with money. Right, You're, there's so many more distractions. There's indulgences. Mm, there's, mm. there's, 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 there's. I, I'm, I'm, I'm in Las Vegas for a meeting now. I'm sitting here. This is the city of opulence, <laughs> right? And and and, and, yeah. and consumption. Right. And when you have money, it's easy to get distracted and lose sight of what's most powerful and most valuable. I.e., our love and connection to people, right? But it's not. It's okay. Now, the, the good thing about being billionaires is that again. The problem isn't Jeff Bezos, right? Man, the guy, kudos to him. He built something, you know, he's worth, you know, whatever, 300, 400 billion dollars, whatever it is. The thing is you can't take it with you. So now here's a challenge to someone like him or, or any successful person. Now then, what are you doing with that wealth? But see, to me, to me, to, to me, the whole, the whole economic... You to, because, you know, help people, create jobs, create opportunities. Okay. Yeah, right, but the, the whole economic model that allows people to accumulate that much wealth, there's something wrong with that because to accumulate that much wealth, other people and the environment have to suffer. That's my problem. I mean, sir, I, I'm, I'm, I'd never say kudos to Bezos myself. Uh, I'd say, I'd say, you know, give it back. There's, yeah, no, such thing as a, there's no such thing as a green growth economy. Period. Yeah. It yeah, but, so, but, so here's, but here's the problem with that, right? Financial security and wealth is also all relative. Mm, if you're in Iowa, right, you said, Sophie, who needs $10 million? Man, you can buy a house. It's 250000 300000 You can live in a night. Like, I live in Los Angeles, right? If you make a million dollars a year living in Los Angeles, you're middle class, right? So, so, and that's not a good thing or a bad thing. No, but, well. you know, a, 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 a starter home, if you're like, oh, Sophie, how much is that? Is that, that little condo, one-bedroom condo in, in L.A.? Oh, it's a million. Right. <laughs> you know, so so I say that all to say as an advisor, I've got clients who if you gave them 50,000 a year of supplemental income, they'd be fine. 
Then I've got clients that need fifty thousand dollars a month to live, and I don't know that it makes you better or the one that's right or wrong. But I think it's not for me the money. It's the like like I was reading an article. They say the average millionaire generates at least at least fifteen to twenty jobs. So well, I look at it even like for me, like not that what I've been blessed, yeah. I have businesses I, and all these things going, and I have a nonprofit that I run. I do a basketball camp for kids. I, I, and and every year, guys, when I do this thing, and I'm like, man, I did this camp, I did this gala, I did this golf tournament, and if I just, and I think about it, if I just spent my time working, I think I'd make more money than if I did all this stuff. And heck, I could take what I made and just donate it. Would that not be more efficient? And then I go, you know what though. Look at all the jobs that I created, right? <laughs> I rented the golf course and I rented the hotel and I, and I, yeah. and the flyers that needed to get printed and the, yeah. and the bartender that was serving. I'm like, I created like 50 jobs. E. Sophia, so I've got to run, I've got to run yeah. to a break. Uh, I've got to run to a break. Yeah. I really appreciate yeah. you taking the time to visit with us. Yeah, um, no and then, no and I, I, I we'll, we'll, we, we've got to move on. We've got to take other callers too, but I, maybe Mark and I can talk a little bit, uh, kind of talk a little bit about your point there. But again, i got to run to a short break. We've been talking here with the uh, Isofi uh, Taylor. He's with uh, Taylor Insurance and Financial Services. Thanks so much for joining us. Appreciate you for having me. Thank you so much. Good to hear from you. When we come back from a break, folks, uh, and we will be right back. We have more conversation for you in a minute. All right, so hey, thanks to our business clients, folks. The uh, small businesses here locally in Des Moines that support this program, including Western Optometry, located in Des Moines East Village. Dr. Joel Westerman and his staff are fluent in English and Spanish. The clinic is open Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. until 5 p.m. and on Saturdays by appointment. That's Westerman Optometry. Thanks also to Story County Veterinary Clinic where Dr. Kim Holding has been caring for all creatures great and small for over 30 years. You can learn more at Story County Veterinary Clinic's Facebook page. Gateway Marketing Cafe is Des Moines' locally owned grocery and specialty food store, centrally located at ML King Parkway and Woodland Ave. Enjoy chef-crafted prepared foods, artisan baked goods, organic produce, hand-cut meats, local and international cheeses, wines, and craft beer. Gateway's Cafe is open for dine-in, carry-out, and delivery service seven days a week. Stop by or visit gatewaymarket.com for more details. Gateway Market. Good food, great community. You're responsible for a lot, and it's easy to become overwhelmed, to feel helpless, even hopeless. What's not so easy is finding your way back to feeling and functioning better. Psychiatrist Dr. David Drake helps individuals and couples throughout Iowa with the convenience and privacy of televideo counseling. Dr. Drake also prescribes medication when needed, and his services are offered on a self-pay basis. If you need help, don't delay. Contact Dr. Drake at daviddrakefamilypsychiatry.com. God don't hate the Muslims. God don't hate the Jews. God don't hate the Christians. But we all give God the blues. And God don't hate the atheists, Buddhists, or the Welcome back to the program, and again with me in the studio, Mark Klipsham. Uh, and I, I enjoyed our call from Isolfia. Uh, you know, in my my whole life, uh, Mark has been focused on 
everything but money, <laughs> I think, you know, just, just you know, I, I certainly don't think people should be living in abject poverty, but I also think uh, we're way too focused on financial stuff as a country, as individuals in some cases. And um, I like the fact that most religions seem to challenge that. And I also like the fact that that tune that we just played, that was Sean Mullins, I believe, wasn't it? Sean Mullins and Give God the Blues. Great little tune. And, and you um, cut it off before they got to the Republican, Democrats, and Independent Party. Well, we'll, we'll come back to that, I suppose. Okay. But it was, it's, a great, it's a great tune. Um, and, and again, it talks about faith, the, the unity of, 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 I think, identity and purpose. To me, that's really important. Well, that, that, was, that was part of the lesson about money. Uh, well, it was a, a general warning about being overly material because the material distracts from God God being simply that what is and that equation that needs to be balanced. So if you're, for example, our society, I see our, our world taking and taking and taking, uh, I guess what it does give back is pollution, manure. <laughs> <laughs> I, was like, I was like, guys, that is an unbalanced that's, equation. Yeah, that's it, not going it to last. It's like, yeah. it's like taking money out of the bank and money out of the bank. It's like all of a sudden it's like we're up to – we're, we're, we're up to our whatever in debt, and we are literally, figuratively, environmentally, and spiritually in debt right now. And mm. if we don't balance our books, well, it's called climate change, and it'll take care of it, but I would rather we took the reins and sort of steered it rather than waiting till it hit the wall would be my preference. Folks, wide open conversation here today on the general topic that you do never want, you never want to bring up at Thanksgiving dinner, <laughs> politics and religion where they meet, where they conflict, uh, how money and our endless growth economy fits into that whole paradigm. If you'd like to join the conversation, love to hear from you. Text your name to 515-519-6323. That's 515-519-6323 if you are listening to our live broadcast on Mondays at 4 o'clock, 4 Central Time. Okay, so let's go to our phone lines and welcome uh, Frank. Hello, uh, Ed, I think you would agree in a free society, there has to be room for greed and selfishness. Right, but let's not reward it. Let's not well, allow no, that we greed. We don't reward let's... it, but in a free society, uh, there has to be room for it because, uh, according to all the things I've read in the Bible, God does not force, coerce, manipulate, or control the giver. But it kind of seems like in society we want to. Uh, we want our charity to be at the threat of jail or at the end of a gun barrel. And the last time I checked that, that's called armed robbery. Mark? I'm, I'm, follow, I'm not quite following. It's like someone started a story a while ago and I got in about halfway. How, how charity at the end of a barrel? Are you taking, maybe you're talking taxes, maybe? I, I'm, not, I'm not sure. Oh, what, sure. What, is, what is that you're referring sure, to? Sure, yes, taxes. Oh, okay. Taxes are bad. Well, some well, taxes are good. Undo, undo. Let's put it this well, way. Undo I was, I was concurring with you. Not, bad. I was just understanding what you said is all I said. That's, I, no. But taxation is our common, that's where we, I was like, okay, who's going to put some money into the pool? So in the, into, the, into the pot so we can go buy a pizza. That's, the, uh, that's where we all decide, okay, we're going to pitch in something to buy pizza. In this case, roads, national defense. Uh, education, education, clean water. I mean, and I, Frank, I, I think taxes should be as low as possible. I think they're too high right now. I think the wealthy don't pay anywhere near enough. But I don't think, um, 
I, I think uh, in a free and how did you say free and what society? How did you put it? Free. Well, anyway. Well, in a, in a free and open society, open society, there has to be room for greed. And there has to be controls I mean, for that. Because you don't want. Because the, my my logic on that Ed, is, if you go to a communist society, there is no a communist society does not afford charity. It's taken from you whether you want to give it or not. In a capitalist society, you 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 know you can make as much money as you want, just like the original Rockefeller, the the the, the founder of Standard Oil, guy made you know billions and billions by today's standards, but he also gave away a ton of money. But that was because he felt he felt benevolence. He felt charity. He felt the tug of God at his heart, and that's what you're talking about today is God. And God tugs at your heart to give, and, and giving can't be forced. It can't be controlled and manipulated. So well, in a capitalist society, you're given the opportunity to share. You're not afforded that opportunity in a communist society. Mark, thank you. Uh, Mark, uh, Frank, thank you for the call. I want to give Mark a chance to respond to that before we go to another caller. Mark, uh, capitalists on that? Well, I do. Well, I'll bet you do. Okay. Uh, you know what? I it would I, I wish we lived in a capitalist society, just as I think true communism would probably work as well. We get back to that human element of well, like the greed and then that sort of thing. In a truly capitalistic society, it's very close to uh, bartering. I have some eggs. You have some furniture, and we trade, and we're both happy. <laughs> yeah, that's not the way it works with Jeff Bezos. Sorry, no, it's, it's or, or Vladimir Putin for that matter. Right, and, and or, or the Rockefellers. Or matter. oh, they they <laughs> they had pull, they had favoritism, corporatism. It was not an even playing field by any. In true capitalism, I'd go like, you know what, Bob over there, Jeff Bezos, he's got all that money. He's a jerk. I'm not giving him any money anymore. Well, they kind of have this cultural corner on the market that's yeah, called a monopoly and, and that's, there you we, go we don't we don't you know frank i think it's great that uh that people uh, you know, give willingly but some take more than they, they they need by a heck of a long shot and thus others are not capable of giving and that's where law that's where the law has to come in and say okay this is not this is not going to work we're not going to allow uh, we're gonna, not going to allow uh corporations to develop to the point where they control everything under a certain you know certain area of our, of our lives and with amazon it's like more and more all the time if I, <laughs> I have this analogy and i've said it on your show before <clears throat> wealth is in essence earth bones earth all, bones earth bones. all the wealth comes from the earth sooner or later and it's one thing if i'm an indigenous person and i'm i'm uh, harvesting a deer i'm digging up roots berries whatever it's another if I'm Jeff Bezos and I'm sitting on top of $400 billion worth of, in essence, harvested earth that used to be earth and is now <laughs> carved up stuff. When the settlers came through the U.S., they were on trains and they would shoot buffalo to shoot buffalo. Yeah. And then they would pile the bones up in huge piles, grind them up and send them to England for fertilizer. That is what that excess profit is for. It came from the earth. Earth is not doing real good. That's the equation is completely unbalanced, and we're about the bill is due. The bill is coming due in real time. Folks, digging into politics, religion, capitalism, money today. Uh, pretty pretty wide open. Welcome to join the conversation. Text us at 
63-23. Let's go to uh, Mike. Uh, is this Mike Carberry? Yeah, it is. Hi, Ed. Happy birthday, and, Mike. Mike. Yeah, well, thank you. And, uh, <laughs> and it's nice to be on with you and Mark. And it's been a couple years since I've been on your show. Yeah, so what's, uh, what's your take on our conversation? Well, it's very interesting. Um, now, you said the three topics to avoid at Thanksgiving were religion, <laughs> politics, what you said too. The other one we've heard to avoid lately is uh, is climate change. Oh. And I would think that that's a pretty boring conversation. Not sex. I was going to say, wait a second here. To avoid those. <laughs> but I think if you want to tie religion into this, when we talk about the environment, it's all about choice that God has given us choice ever since he gave Adam and Eve choice. Now, I am a recovering Catholic, and so I may not be all about that, but um, I really respect um, uh, this conversation. And when I, what I think it comes down to that choice is how, how do we honor that choice and how, what do we do with our money? I don't think it's bad to be a billionaire, but what do you do with that money? If you're the Cokes and you use it to buy our political system, then that's immoral in my point, because, well, I mean, we do have the best political system that money can buy. <laughs> well, <laughs> should, should you? And, and maybe you shouldn't, because what you are using your choice may be an immoral choice. What do you think of that, Mark? Did I confuse you? By, by the way, it's not who uh, who votes, it's who counts the votes. Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, what is the saying? You cannot serve two masters. You cannot serve God and Mammon, which is money. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, what, what do I feel good about at the end of the day? Do I feel good that I went to the ball at mall and bought some new shoes cruising in my, my Hummer? <laughs> no. I go out yeah. to the, one of the few remaining nature natural places in Iowa, like the ledges. That's where I go. Just I yeah. do not want paved parking lots. Glittering yeah. lights, loud noises. No, I. I'm but those places, to me, that's just so poor to me. That is like the yeah. antithesis but of the, well, those places. Those places are being paved over. They're being mined. They're yeah. being destroyed. There's litter everywhere. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I go to some place like there. I don't see a can, wrapper, anything, and I go like, "Wow, what is the mindset here, Pennsylvania, Idaho, whatever?" Whereas in Iowa, I go to the national park, and there's garbage all over the place. Of course, yeah. 99% of Iowa has been man-dominated. We kind of took it a little Since too far, I think. Pardon me? Since we plowed the prairie 150 yeah. years ago. Yeah. By the way, you want to sequester carbon, put the yeah. prairie back. Weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, one thought I also had is that uh, uh, in 2008, uh, 2006 to 2008, uh, I was working for the Iowa Global Warming Campaign, where we were bird-dogging at Ed knows a lot about bird-dogging presidential mm -hmm. candidates on climate. And uh, what I found really interesting was bird-dogging the Republican candidates, and they all talked about creation care. And, and this is Mike Huckabee, and this is uh, John McCain, who had the McCain-Feingold bill. And they talked about this creation care and, and God giving us this choice and how we stewarded the land. Well, that talk all went away a few years after that when all the Koch brothers' money came in, and then they didn't believe in God anymore, and <laughs> God was the money coming from the Koch brothers. Right. So yeah. even Mike Huckabee changed his tune, and so did John McCain. Yeah. Now, you, you can't I serve two masters. I respect for John McCain when he started changing his stance yeah. on climate because it was he did it for the money. Yeah. 
You can't serve two masters. They decided to pick the money. uh, Thank you for your call, Mike. Appreciate it, and happy birthday. Yeah, you guys uh, keep up the good work, and uh, this is an interesting conversation. Glad to be part of it. Thank you. Thank you. Folks, if you'd like to join the conversation, 515-519-6323 if you're listening to our live broadcast. Uh, Mark, uh, uh, another, uh, any further response to Mike? I thought, I thought that, was, um, that was some good stuff. The, what I wanted to do, <laughs> my uh, goal was, like I said, to, to get to some universal truths. And I was amazed reading the Bibles. I was like, there's some really good stuff in here. There's some other stuff I, I, not, I don't quite understand, but... Uh, but ask now the beast, and they shall teach thee, and the fowls of the air, and they shall teach thee, or speak to the earth, and it shall teach. And it seems like we're doing everything but that. Uh, it talks in here about, you know, you, you can kind of predict the weather in so many words in here, and you know what's going to happen on certain things, but you're not listening to what the earth is saying. It's telling us things. There are signs. That's in the Bible also. The people that can't hear and can't see don't pay attention to the signs, and they're the ones who are going to suffer. The wrath of God for science, whatever you want to call it, climate change. It's all the same thing. It's different ways of describing the same thing. Here we are arguing about what color the boat is, the (laughs) boat that's going over the waterfall off the cliff. It's like, no, we're all in a boat. It's, It's the same boat. It's like it doesn't. Don't distract yourself with the, the material, the the money, the this, that, or the other. What's really important? It's it's health, it's happiness, it's community. Uh, I, I'm just amazed at, at the opposite direction we're headed, and it's well, also all in the Bible too. It's I, I, amazing. I, I, I want to add a thought on that, but I got to go to a short break, right. and I, I, I want there's at least two more callers that trying to get into this bill and Ron, and we'll have them both on right after this very short break. Uh, um, If you're listening, folks, uh, stay tuned. We'll be right back. You can support this alternative to the right-wing shock jocks by becoming a monthly donor or business sponsor. Check out the uh, Fallon Forum website. And and thanks to uh, psychiatrist Dr. David Drake. If you live anywhere in Iowa, uh, Dr. Drake can help through the convenience and privacy of televideo counseling offered on a self-pay basis. Contact daviddrakefamilypsychiatry.com. Groovy Goods is your Des Moines one-stop hippie shop. Located near Drake University, we are more than just a store. Groovy Goods is about community. We're a tribe brought together by peace, love, and rock and roll. You will be greeted by friendly staff, the smell of incense, the vibration of healing stones and crystals, the vibrant colors of clothing and tapestries, and an extensive herbal apothecary and metaphysical products. At Groovy Goods, everyone is welcome and no one is judged. Check us out online, groovy-goods.com, or stop in at the corner of 23rd and University in Des Moines. At Westrom Optometry, Dr. Joel Westrom and his team provide a variety of services, including comprehensive eye exams, children's eye exams, and LASIK co-management. Whether strictly utilitarian or a fashion statement, your comfort and vision are Westrom's primary concern. Dr. Westrom and his staff will work closely with you to determine the best solution for your eyes, prescription, and lifestyle. Services are provided in English and Spanish, and the clinic is open Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. till 5 p.m. and on Saturdays by appointment. That's Westrom Optometry, located in Des Moines East Village. God ain't no Republican. He ain't no Democrat. He ain't even independent. God's above all that. Welcome back. 
Uh, Mark Clipton's with us, folks. He's an architect, um, DJ. Yeah, he's got a, a music program on KHOI Radio. He's also a deep thinker. Maybe he gets uh, too deep sometimes. I don't know. And a builder. And a builder, yes. Um, I And, you know, I think, Mark, you and I have talked about, and again, I, I called, I called that, I said that America's religion, the, the, religion, the official universal religion of the U.S. is money. And, of course, that is what fuels the endless economic growth paradigm. We always have to be getting bigger. Individually, as Ronald Reagan reminded us back in the 80s, we have to be better off than we were the year before. Uh, cities have to continue to expand their borders, uh, whether it's a, a, a hospital or a college campus or you know, any big institution doesn't consider itself viable unless it's growing, getting bigger. Uh, how do we, you know, and, and there's very little in any spiritual text that I've, I've, I've read that suggests that that's a good thing. There's, any, there's no, there's no uh, you know, spiritual justification for that mindset. And I just think, okay, well, at some point, uh, this has to fall apart or change. Hey, let me I, go can, to the, Can I really? Yeah. I think people would love an alternative. It is, I don't know about virtually impossible, but it is really hard to do that. It's like I want my, my hippie earth house, my organic garden, uh, my, my water collection. I just want to live a simple life. It's virtually impossible to do that. It, it has been sort of weeded out. Can I read two really quick sentences? I'm, okay, yes, and then I want to go to a phone line. So we have. This is one that blows me away in Iowa. Yes. Woe to those who join house to house, who add field to field until there is no more room. This is out of the Bible. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I preached on that very verse once years ago. Okay, and I the did. other one was, Must my flock feed on what you have trampled and drink what you have muddied with your feet? This is called common courtesy. Well, it's like, my freedoms, my rights. It's like, well, my note end where yours begin, that's kind okay? It's kind of what Iowa was doing to the uh, Gulf of Mexico with all everywhere. of our top nitrates. It's, it's a disease. Hey, yeah, it's, uh, it's my former legislative colleague, Bill Witt. Hello, Bill. Welcome to the program. Well, hello, Ed. How you doing? Yeah, it's been a while. It's good to talk to you. Likewise. Mark Clipsham in the studio with us. What's uh, what's on your mind relevant to, to this conversation? Well, I, I, I caught a bit of the, the conversation with our old friend, Mike Carberry. So um, I guess I had one, one little comment to add to what he was saying. Um, not only is you know, Iowa the most uh, domestically exploited and abused state, this is also the Americas or North America's biggest, if shallow, strip mine. And... Uh, mm -hmm. You know, we're, we're stripping it off at an inch or two. Uh, oh, yeah. you're referring yep. to the soil. Absolutely. The soil, yeah. yes. The most valuable resource on the planet, might I add. Well, is that plus water and sunlight? Yeah, if we want to continue to eat. So, yeah. So we are squandering it on animal feed and ethanol. Woo! -hoo. And what, Bill, what is, <laughs> I, know, I know that when, when Bill and I were in the legislature, we were the only two Democrats who participated in a Bible study that was organized by some of the more conservative wow. Republicans, but we found some common ground. But Bill, in your your faith perspective, what is what does that say to the problem you just identified with the decimation of Iowa soil, contamination of our water, related environmental well, problems? You know, it, it, it begins with uh, the spiritual path that I follow, which is the Cistercian or Trappist. Path. I've been affiliated with the two Trappist monasteries in Dubuque County now for 25 years. Mm. 
Um, and one of the, the one of the foundations of of Trappist teaching and theology is that we learn about God or we can approach God in three ways. One is through scripture, one is through our human experience, and one is through nature. Hmm. These are the three books. And so if, you know, when, when we're looking at how we're exploiting and degrading the earth and now in the, the sixth great extinction since life arose on earth, we're essentially just ripping pages wholesale out of the divine book of nature. By the way, they're, they're our savior too, that the rainforests were plowing under to grow soybeans for pigs. That's yeah. where all the cancer cures are and everything else. So you're like, this is God's creation and what are we doing with it? It is blasphemous. It is, it's yep. atrocious. Yep, it is. Uh, as so. I'm saying real quick, I thought of this a while ago and it hit me one night. The universe is our university. <laughs> Everybody doesn't want to get in. And by the way, there is no key to its mysteries because it's not locked. Okay? No. you got to no. want to go in there and do the work. And most people don't. And look at where we are. Our future is being determined by the people that don't care. So, basically. Bill, Bill, one question of you before I go to one last caller for the program here today. Uh, oh. You know, you and I, again, we were the only two Democrats when I was up there who took the time to dialogue with religious folks from the political right. Yeah. How do we get them to agree that Iowa soil should not be decimated the way it is, that water quality matters, that climate change is a growing concern? How do we how do we get them to see that those problems through the eyes of their faith perspective? And there's a direct what? connection between our survival and their understanding that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's how I mean, how do we engage at the level of text and dialogue um it's it's hard because in essence i've come to understand that a lot of the evangelical fundamentalists are essentially old testament in their orient orientation mm, mm. seriously old testament in their orientation uh and they're looking for the teachings of christ in the prophecies of the old testament and the two don't. They're, they're not fit. there. <laughs> they don't fit real well. Uh, you have, unless you're willing to understand that that Jesus came and he was he was teaching uh, a highly evolved, uh, spiritually evolved theology and more important practice. Um, but you know the the right has become so. I mean the the religious right has become so politicized. Mm. Um, and I think of it always, you always come down to fear versus trust. Hmm. Can I give and, my, can uh, I give my analogy I have a, that? I want to, I just let me talk a little bit. Oh, sure. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I, sorry. About, I have a, I have one brother-in-law who with his family are very devout fundamentalist evangelicals. They are very loving people. They've raised their children wonderfully, and their adult children are now raising their grandchildren to be very fine human beings. But they live in a constant undertone of fear. Mm. And it's always about, well, if I fail the next question, am I going to hell? And in order to really break through, I think, first to 
address the issues of creation, the beauty of creation, and um, you know what has been happening for a billion years on this planet. You've got to get people past the fear. Uh, you've yeah. got to get them back to a sense of love and trust. And um, I, I, you know, I've I've tried to work and explore that with my brother and sister-in-law, and it's it's just really hard. And they, you know, we always just kind of sigh and. <laughs> Well, and then start talking then, about sex, right? Pass, no, <laughs> no, we don't. No. I'm kidding. I'm we, kidding. That's yeah. the other. Bill, I, certainly... Bill, I really appreciate those insights. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time to call us. Can I cut yeah. one one sentence real quick? Yeah. So, uh, just reading the New Testament, and it was like the Jews were as thrilled with Jesus as the growth economy is with sustainability. <laughs> that that's that's the analogy there. Yeah. It's dead on. All right. Thanks Bill. We're going to try to get one more call in before the uh, program runs out of time here. Um, yeah, that that's a really good point, Mark. Um, that uh, yeah, the, and, and again, I, you know, I understand I I I am a cultural Christian. I, I don't I'm not, I'm not actively going to church, but I certainly have a worldview that is based on that foundation, but I have a great appreciation for the diversity of faith. Uh, in this world, in our in our own country, and uh, I, I, one thing I love about that that song, uh, "Give God the Blues," uh, is that uh, it recognizes the universality and acceptability of all religions. You know, except the the fringe cult things that that clearly uh, don't have you know, people people's best interest in mind. But um, how do we? You know, there there are some. I mean, a lot of my Native American friends, they, they just they have no. No patients are interested in Christianity. They see it as very destructive, mm, and mm. certainly they got a really good point. I mean, the the track record of Christianity in the settlement of this country is not favorable. <laughs> well, but but the fear part that he was speaking of is about the fear of not following God's laws and suffering the wrath. God's laws are common sense, and it's good stuff. It's like the Bible. The Bible. 2,500 years ago, it said to follow your land every seven years. We don't do that. Right. It was written as social psychology for the survival of the people, a way of educating them on what has to happen to be healthy and happy. Don't go doing it with your neighbor's wife. You know, don't steal <laughs> things. Don't lie. You know, don't, don't mistreat your animals or your land or all this kind of stuff. And you go like, and here... I don't want to be political, but I hear all these people telling me they're Christians and all that, and I see what they do, and I go, have you read the Bible? Because that's not what's in the Bible, folks. Yeah. And, and that part of, in the Bible, I totally agree with. That's the part you're ignoring. All right, let's go back to our phone lines for one last call from uh, Ron Yarnell. Hello, Ron. Welcome to the program. Hey, uh, interesting conversation today. Thank you. <laughs> uh, and for uh, for Mark's benefit, uh, Ron is a, is a, is an ordained minister. Oh, so don't hold that against him. Oh, I always love, they always have the best jokes. Here, I got one for you. Oh, there we go. No. <laughs> so, I'm okay anyway. So, <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, I guess the points I would, uh, I appreciate the comments of the last caller. I would make a slight correction. Uh, in the Old Testament, uh, the problem of poverty in society is the second biggest problem addressed by the Old Testament. Uh, in terms of references, the most the most significant problem is idolatry, and mm. often uh, uh, poverty and, and the problem of money 
and wealth is associated with idolatry. And I thought about that uh, when uh, Ed mentioned how uh, the real religion in America is uh, is money, is wealth. I fully agree with that. Humility is another big point in the Old Testament, and we lack humility. We are arrogant to the nth degree. Right. Uh, in the Old Testament, in fact, there's a mechanism called the Jubilee. Uh, you right, find yes. that in Leviticus chapter 25, in which people who have lost their wealth through whatever process uh, have it restored after 50 years or something like that. That, that could be a long and, time to wait. Uh, I'm sorry? That could be a long time to wait. Well, it's restored to your uh, descendants. Ah. You know? Well, the, the, idea, the, the, native... the idea is that... Uh, uh, if you don't do that, you, bur you uh, build a permanent underclass, mm. and that was, that from mm. bi in mm. biblical terms, that's considered undesirable. You know? remember, yeah. remember the, the, loves that, but in biblical terms, that's undesirable. The indigenous people would destroy their overabundance of to, uh, possessions, the chiefs and things like that. It's like, I got too much stuff, and they would destroy, of course, mine would go back to nature because it was birch bark canoes and stuff, but... It's like they had built-in mechanisms for that humility and to not get distracted with materialism over what was important, which was spirituality. Totally agree. Yeah. And I would, another point I'd want to make is that uh, they, the, the problem in our society is they really moved the goalpost on us. I mean, when I was growing up, the big goal was to have a nice, comfortable, stable, middle-class life. You know, mm. just, yes, stability. Stability, absolutely. Yeah, and a, a nice neighborhood, uh, you know, nice local school, uh, public park, all those kinds of things that people share in uh, civic organizations. And then what happened in the course of the last, I don't know, maybe since 1980 or the 70s, the emphasis became on being filthy speaking rich. I mean, yeah. Mm. You know, the, remember yeah. in the 80s, there was that show, uh, yeah. Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous, you know, which was kind of a, you know, a voyeur kind of thing. Right. <laughs> Ron, uh, I got I, I to gotta, I gotta run to a break here shortly. Thank you so much for your call. Okay. Okay. Mark, uh, wrap it up for us. Could, um, could we, 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 <laughs> go ahead. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, wrap it up. <laughs> I think not believe, I don't know what that sign meant. Um, I think there's common ground. I think there's universal truths. I think there's a lot of people with a lot of agenda. And I think a lot, a little bit, most of it has to do with other people doing work, your work for you to make money in any way possible to meet that strange dream of growth for the sake of growth. It is killing us. And every day I, I picture a little bird pecking at my life of, are, are we done? Are we out of time? No, you're, yeah, I got to run to a break, but, okay. um, but that's, uh, that's a good point to end on. Because uh, I, I think the solution here is to take the time and effort to find that common ground and try to speak that language. Do more of your own work, too. Yeah. Mark, thank you so much for joining us, folks. We've been talking with Mark Klipsham in the studio today. He's a, an architect, a builder, a DJ, and a deep thinker. Mark, thanks for joining us. My pleasure. Uh, we come back. Uh, we'll come back in a, after a short break, folks. We'll be right back. Kathy Burns is going to join us for our January Garden Q&A segment. Thanks for tuning in. Remember, you can support this alternative to the right-wing shock jocks by becoming a monthly donor 
or if you own a small business or run a nonprofit doing good work, you can become a sponsor of this program as well. Thanks to Architecture by Synthesis, adamantly and actively supporting the mission of the Fallon Forum and community radio stations. Owner Mark Clipsham knows we have to build better health for people and the planet, and the services he provides are committed to that goal. That's Architecture by Synthesis. Gateway Marketing Cafe is Des Moines' locally owned grocery and specialty food store. With over 5,000 items to choose from, you can order groceries online and the Gateway team will bring them to you curbside. It's a convenient way to shop from anywhere and save time. Gateway's Cafe is open for dine-in, carry-out, and delivery service seven days a week with catering and floral services also available. Visit gatewaymarket.com for more details. Gateway Market, good food, great community. Architecture by Synthesis provides planning, design, and design-build services for high-performance, low-maintenance, affordable homes and buildings. Owner Mark Clipsham is adamantly and actively committed to supporting the mission of the Fallon Forum and community radio stations. Mark knows we must all live and work with the goal of building better health for both people and planet. And he works to implement that vision through his stewardship of Architecture by Synthesis. You can learn more at architecturebysynthesis.com. At Story County Veterinary Clinic, Dr. Kim Holding has over 30 years of experience working with all creatures great and small. Cat, dog, horse, cow, elephant. Well, if you've got a pet elephant, you may be in trouble. Kim's clients stick with her year after year because they know she'll do right by them and their pets and farm animals. So give Kim a shout to keep your animals happy and healthy. Call 515-232-8766. That's 232-8766. Welcome back to the program. Joining me now for our farm and food conversation is Kathy Burns of Birds and Bees Urban Farm. We've got our monthly garden Q&A segment. You know, people say, why are you talking about the garden in January? Well, Kathy, why are we talking about gardening in January? Well, my question was, why are we doing our monthly Q&A so late? Um, <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, so, no, we, uh, we're talking about it in January because there is a whole lot to do. There's oh, just a whole lot. Such as? Well, um, planting seedlings and preparing everything else, ordering your seeds. A lot of people on social media are asking the same questions. We're breaking them into three categories this week. Um, people are very interested in ordering seeds, starting seeds, and planting Yeah, because potatoes. last year, uh, the year before, some of the seeds, uh, seed supplying companies ran out. Mm -hmm. Is that happening already this year? Right. Um, somebody asked, is it, is it time to order seeds? And yes, uh, it might take a while for shipping. They fulfill orders in the order in which they're received. So if you're late in the queue, you might be getting your seeds after when you want to plant them. And I uh, checked on Seed Saver. They're already out of stock of at least one variety of leeks, the Estercook, and the Holmes Royal Red radishes out oh. of stock. Oh, yeah, which and we that's like. that's one of our favorites. <laughs> well. So, um, you know, check your site where you're getting your seeds and, uh, and, and get your seeds while they are available. So let's presume people have got their seeds. So what, uh, what are they planting now? What should uh, they be planting now? Uh, right now, well, leeks and onions, we've got ours in. And it won't be too long, and people will be, a few weeks, people will start to plant the brassicas. 
Oh, didn't I see somebody on, on Facebook had already started planting their broccoli, cauliflower, Brussels sprouts, that sort of thing? I, I did uh, see that too. So um, that leads us to our next uh, uh, category here of starting seeds instead of just ordering the seeds. So somebody put a picture up of their um, one of broccoli and cabbages, and they were extremely leggy. Uh, <laughs> they said they've always grown good brassicas. They always start their seeds this time. Um, it's a little early for our you know, uh, yeah, system, I, I, but that's I, I, all right. Seems awfully early to plant those things. But their question was, they had been lured into buying new LED grow lights because they saw so many people talking about, you've got to have the spectrum and all this stuff. And they swapped out from their shop lights to LED and they got really leggy plants. So, um, you know, they had a they had a photo that showed that. Hmm. And then... Um, Could they just have weak bulbs, maybe? I don't, I don't know. I looked at what they ordered. And they, these lamps sell for $49 a piece. Hmm. We That's still expensive. use shop lamps. And they work well. But getting the wide hood ones is kind of the trick right now. Mm. Um, another person said that because brassicas don't like a lot of warm soil, what is the temperature that she's growing the seedlings mm. in once they germinated? And then she said, oops, I forgot to turn the heat map oh, off. <laughs> that's probably it. After the that's germination. Yeah. So yeah. once again, I mean, we really just use the shop lamps. We have one fancy pants lamp down there that was <laughs> given to us by a friend, and it's a good lamp. It's a great lamp. But I, yeah. I, I just don't know. You, you're supposed to it's save a, money it, by growing it, your own it food. It looks like an expensive lamp, though. I don't know what it costs, but yeah. I, I don't think know what it you was mean. very expensive. So, hey, speaking of starting seeds, I, I would have to mention we also have started artichokes because yes. we are by far the largest artichoke farmers in Iowa that I know of. Or, as I like to say oh, to my family out of Massachusetts, we are by far the largest artichoke farmers in Iowa. That's adorable. Yeah. <laughs> Normal people can't understand what I'm saying, but uh, in, in, in Massachusetts, they get it. But um, no, we start those in, often in November, this time early December. Mm -hmm. They've already been transplanted. Yep. And the reason is, of course, you've got to vernalize them. They're biennial. They need to be tricked into believing they've gone through their first winter so that they're ready to launch into bud production. And uh, it worked really well. I mean, it was, well, it's worked pretty well for 25 years for me. We have tricked them, and they're they're sweet little things, but they're a little dim-witted. If we can trick them, I mean, they must not be the brightest bulbs well, in the in The, <laughs> the brightest package. buds. Yeah, okay. Uh, okay. We ha there were more questions about starting seeds, like brassicas. When do they, when do they need to get started on their uh, seedlings? They need to be, um, seed savers indicates to sow your cabbage seeds indoors four to six weeks before transplanting outside. And when you transplant outside varies for everybody. So We do them you know, like do uh, the mid-February, maybe late February. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I really recommend that seed savers um, planting guide. They do a good job. Mm, okay. So uh, the last hot topic on the social media <laughs> gardening <laughs> pages, potatoes. Some, uh, someone is asking, uh, what's your favorite potato variety? Mine, and I'm gonna let you answer. Mine, well, you would think it would be Irish cobbler, but no, it's uh, Yukon Gold mm. because they are they, they're prolific and they store really, really well. I mean, we we we, we I just cooked up some potatoes yesterday. Mm -hmm. We'll be cooking potatoes in March and April, even mm -hmm. maybe even May. But uh, you know, I mean, I, we we also grow. What do we have? Uh, Pontiac Red. Uh, we've grown Red Norlin, 
Uh, we've, we've done uh, Colorado, Canterbuck, uh, Colorado red. red, Dakota Pearl. I really like that. It was our first year growing Dakota That's Pearl a nice last little year. Nice tater. Yeah, well, and some of them are sizable, and yep. they're really good keepers. Mm -hmm. So I mean, I tend to like the keeper tomato, tomatoes, potatoes, because we want to be able to enjoy them in February, March, April. Yeah. We do need them to keep, and I want them to be tasty. Uh, we don't plant russets. I like russets. I like a baked potato. We tend to plant a creamier, or the, the wax variety of potato. They, mm -hmm. I think they keep a little longer. But uh, those those uh, Yukon Gold are extremely creamy and, and tasty. Um, someone was talking about growing potatoes in bags, wanting to know advice. We don't know anything about it. <laughs> I've seen that. I've seen various techniques of raising potatoes in, uh, in vertically and I'm all about vertical gardening I think vertical mm -hmm. gardening is great mm -hmm. if you have limited space maybe we should try that some year maybe maybe we should try fun. this year it'd be fun um, but, we need know. to talk to someone who's successful because all the reviews out there contradict each other it's great <laughs> I got zero it's all over the board um, one more thing about potatoes yeah okay when people adhere to the plant on Good Friday, Ed, as you hold dear to, oh. and I, I'm fine with it. I'm skeptical of the, you know, the need for that. I get the phase of the moon and the drawing of the energy and all that, but I'm skeptical. The big chatter now is this week, Easter is late, so Good Friday is not till April 15th. That's very late to get potatoes. Right. And what do you think? <clears throat> I think it's. I think it. I've, I've never gone wrong waiting till Good Friday to plant potatoes. Even when it's that late? Yeah, even even when it's later than that. <gasps> oh. Uh, and I've even, even in mid, you know, third week of March, uh, it's never, I've, I've never had an early crop get frosted. I've never had a late third crop. Third week of March? Yeah, well, sometimes Easter happens in March, right? Oh, okay, so yeah. early. Yeah, okay. whether it's early or late. I mean, Easter can be, you know, there's an entire month almost uh, mm. from when it can, you know, the earliest to the latest. But I think, I think you know, I don't, I don't understand all that stuff, but I, I think there's something to be said for the tradition. Well, you're going to get your way then, because okay. <laughs> we, we will do what is your tradition. All right. Yay! <laughs> thanks for joining us, Kathy. You're welcome. Hey, thanks to my co-host today, Mark Clipsham, and to our farm and food host, Kathy Burns, also to our callers, and to our production team of Sherry Herdina, Forrest Detterman, Charles Goldman, Kathy Burns, and myself, Ed Fallon. Thanks to our local small business partners, Gateway Marketing Cafe, Architecture by Synthesis, Story County Veterinary Clinic, Western Optometry, Groovy Goods, and Dr. David Drake Family Psychiatry. Thanks also to our nonprofit partners, Bold Iowa and Birds and Bees Urban Farm. Remember, your support for this program matters a lot. Go to the Fallon Forum website, check it out, and thanks again. We'll be back next week for another hour of Cutting Edge Talk Radio.